I have three very specific goals for this video today. Number one, I want it to be educational and informative. Number two, I want it to be fun. And number three, I really want it to be interactive. Now, a typical Saturday morning for me finds me 6 o'clock a.m. in front of my TV watching the Michael Smirkona show. And this past Saturday, he showed an illustration that was tweeted out by Elon Musk, which showed Elon's political orientation from right to left over the last 13 years. Now, Elon's tweet was obviously politically oriented, but I got this idea that this concept of the evolution or the change can also be very applicable to an investor from the early days of investing through your investing time frame or your investing career um, how you evolve how you grow uh, as an investor really plays a big part in your success over time now a lot of people watching this aren't um, old seasoned investors already maybe you're just starting off in your investing journey what i'm going to do in this video today is i'm going to go through my evolution as an investor and i'm going to invite each of you to submit uh, a diagram similar to this, and you can show us your investing evolution, either that's actually occurred or what you would expect to occur. Once you have created your diagram, I'm gonna ask you to email it to stickman at theinvestingacademy.ca, and we're gonna select three winners, and for those winners, uh, you will win a three-month subscription to the Investing Academy, and if you are an existing Investing Academy member, we're going to suspend, or we're gonna waive your, uh, your monthly fees for that three-month time period. So we hope this is a lot of fun, hope it inspires you to, to, uh, to enter the contest, but also just to think about this whole process of, um, being of the evolution of an investor. And I wanna start with my evolution and show you my chart. So if we start right in the middle, we've got obviously a blank chart. I'm gonna look at three time periods and for myself, I'm looking at 1982, 2002, and 2022. And those are relevant time frames for me because back in 1982 to start, I was a 20 year old. So just getting started um, as an investor. If I fast forward 20 years to 2002, uh, at that point, I was already in the industry as an investment advisor. And then now today to 2022, where uh, I'm on the verge of being 60 years old, I found it interesting to go through this exercise and see how um, I evolved. So let's just, how I evolved rather. So let's just start back in 1982. And when I went through this exercise and I started thinking of, of the way I invested and what my thoughts were on investing way back in the day, a few things came to mind. First thing that was obvious to me is I was very enthusiastic. I was a very positive, uh, I had a positive outlook on investing. And most importantly, I just felt that I wanted to be rich. And I mean, I, I meant really rich. Uh, I remember thinking, I guess not uh, just thinking that, uh, or, not, or not being aware of the obstacles that life throws at you when you're younger, but that's uh, also applicable to the investing standpoint. The one thing I didn't think about mostly all, uh, most of all now when I, when I have the, uh, the luxury of time to look back, I saw the positives of investing, but I didn't see the risks that are associated with investing. I didn't see the downside or the hurdles that you have to go over to be a successful investing. And when I look back to my earliest um, ventures into investing, and this is not that uncommon, I invested in penny stocks. I invested based on hot tips. Uh, I, I worked with a group of guys back at the time who actually were big into horse betting and they would tell me all their stories of, of their winnings. And of course, most of us share our winnings, but most of us don't share our, uh, share our losing stories. The, the, what that taught me or what that showed me um, early on in my investing career was that spotting trends, whether it be uh, penny stocks and you can see a stock go up, down, up, down, up, down, and you figure, okay, well, I'm gonna buy it when it's down, it's gonna go back up. And of course, that really, uh, the 
generally for some reason that's when the pattern breaks, or horse betting. You think that you can, can spot these trends and that will set you out on a successful path. So many people learn that that isn't the case. I found myself making a lot of short-term trades, uh, in fact, very short-term trades, uh, with a goal of making a quick buck, then getting out and then repeating that. When I was younger, I had dreams, but what I didn't have was context, or I didn't have the, the, the fuller concept of what, what investing was all about. And I, I guess that's just the way it is when you're a younger investor starting out or when you're any investor starting out without any life experience. Uh, when I put that on my, uh, if, if I translate that to a chart, then if I look at the top timeline of 1982, I would put myself right here. And this is an aggressive position. And again, for all the reasons that uh, I just articulated, um, I liked the, I had a good positive outlook on investing, but I didn't really understand what that path was about. Now, I'm gonna fast forward to 2002. So now we've gone 20 years uh, with his investing experiences and something uh, significant happened to me during that time. In 1994, I actually got into the industry. So I became an investment advisor. And clearly, uh, the, a big shift, aside from my experience as an investor at that point, was that I had a lot more education. So I had taken all of the the, the training essential uh, to becoming licensed. And so I had a little bit more context or at least some book smarts and something else really important happened. Uh, I was taught a lesson in the um, in, in how the markets really worked because in 2002, for those of you who remember, we experienced the tech crash. And so as a younger advisor, and at this point, keeping in mind, I had uh, my own money invested, but I also was responsible for other people's money. When we look at what happened from around two, you know, early 2000 through to 2000, at the end of 2002, clearly one of the biggest market crashes in history. And uh, hopefully this would teach someone uh, some lessons. Here's what the 20 years between 1982 and 2002 taught me. First of all, this value versus growth argument was heated up in the late 1990s. And so leading up to 2000, uh, a time that we, similar to what we've seen recently with tech stocks, is that if you are, were a more traditional investor, you were being left behind. So the, the blue chip companies, the value companies out there uh, were old school and growth was where it was. And if you're a, stu a student of history or if you lived through that time frame, uh, we know that the tech crash was really, really hard on a lot of investors and virtually everything dropped in value. But of course, um, growth got hit the hardest. Those internet stocks, similar to what we're seeing today with a lot of the meme stocks and the tech stocks. I also remember this conflict that I had between risk and reward. Uh, again, being younger, uh, my life experience wasn't what it is today. And I, um, I, you know, I was human. And I think of this uh, risk versus reward. And I think of the, um, the emotions that come into play when you're an investor. Clearly, going through the, the, the big buildup uh, leading up to the tech crash, there's a lot of um, reward that we saw. And then going through the tech crash, we saw the commensurate risk that goes along with that. So the emotions that we felt as humans, I, I vividly remember being so, so conflicted between it, it, you know, when the markets were going up, you want to participate, but it just didn't feel well, or you want to, you want to, you know, maybe uh, participate for sure, but you wanted to load up on those high flying stocks. Um, that's what you felt like doing, but your brain was fighting with that and telling you that it wasn't necessarily the thing to do. Now, um, back in those days, 
my portfolio would have been entirely mutual fund mutual funds and for the clients that I worked with uh, those were uh, particularly uh, more heavily weighted in mutual funds as well that didn't save us back then when the markets dropped of course whether it's a mutual fund or whether it was an ETF everything dropped uh, along there as well this is also around the time frame that I remember um, the conceptualizing the, the the fact that when you're a shareholder in a company you own um, the company and that has always stuck with me and and now whether I own an individual stock and we're going to talk more about 2022 uh, just in a minute here or whether I own an ETF where you're a part owner this concept really started to sink into into me where when you buy a, a stock uh, you are buying ownership in that company I know it sounds pretty simple but a lot of people still today and I guess always will treat a stock as not a real thing it's more like just you know a, a book I read years ago talking about a blip on a computer screen um, and, and we're sort of encouraged almost by the media to to trade and to think of things that way uh, I I think that changed my investing uh, stance my my experience about going that route another thing that really resonates with me uh, during this time for, uh, period was the tremendous value of investing on a regular basis with a pre-authorized contribution. Now we look back at the chart and we'll see the markets drop somewhere in the range of you know 25%, 35%, as far as 66% for the NASDAQ. And in fact, during that time, the NASDAQ dropped around 75% from its peak to trough. For those who had the commitment, the discipline to continue to invest through those time periods, hopefully in good quality stocks that are actually still around, you'll see when coming out of that, the dividends were paid off there, where when the markets recovered, of course, you, you owned shares, whether it was a fund, whether it was an ETF, whether it was an individual stock, um, at a much lower cost base. And so the concept of having a plan and being committed really, uh, I was taught during that time frame in real terms that there is a lot of value to that. When we look at uh, my my illustration, so we look at 2002, uh, what was the change from 1982 to 2002? Well, I shifted to the left. So the left being more conservative, the right being more aggressive. Um, without a doubt, I shifted to the left, but certainly not even to the middle. Um, I was much too young. I was uh, at the time, I guess, 40 years old. Too young to say I'm going to tuck my money under a mattress and of course I still had a lot of growth, a lot of objectives to, to create wealth and to build up my accounts and so I shifted from total transition from the penny stocks and the more aggressive and, and um, investing based on a hot tip to what I would say and I would maintain today a more disciplined, um, strategic, wholesome way of investing. Now when we fast forward to today, so 2022, where do I fall on this chart? Well. Uh, one of the benefits I guess I have today is I have uh, 40 years now of experience as an investor and 28 of that uh, as an advisor. So I not only went through my own experience, my own emotions, etc., but I saw the uh, the emotions and the experience of the clients that I worked with. And you, know, you can learn a lot from that. So what did I learn? One thing, really important. Even today, I, I am still a human being. I'm still tempted, I guess you would say, like everybody else, when there's an opportunity to make money. So um, we it's really important. And I think I learned this long ago, and, I, and I'm fully committed to this today. The temptation to, to go off of your path will always be there. Uh, a difference between 1982 and today 
is when I'm tempted, I also have a, a discipline that comes along with that. And I fall back on experience and go, when you felt tempted before, how did that work out? And either personally or observing the markets in general, uh, I, you know, clearly to me, I believe that uh, having that plan, having the discipline will trump being tempted to follow, um, to follow the crowd. Another thing that I really am more firm on or understand now is as an investor, I know what matters to me. And this will be different at different stages of life. But I think a lot of investors don't really um, think about it in those terms as to who I am as an investor. And a couple of things for me. Number one, um, I'm not into drama uh, like I may have been 40 years ago. And when I say drama, I, I don't mean like right now we're going through what I would call a dramatic uh, time in the markets. Just before I shot this video, I looked at the on, on, you know looked at the markets and the markets. The Dow Jones was down a thousand points today. Now, in 2022, that's a big drop, and so there is drama in the markets. But that's not what I mean. What I mean by drama is the the, the Reddit, the hypes, the you know the meme stocks, the uh, the just those crazy things that from time to time come up in the markets that will take you off your course. Your course. I'm not interested in the extremely high risk uh, companies or investments where you can make a lot of money, but you can lose a tremendous amount of money somewhere in the middle, uh, definitely more suitable for me, but that's me as an investor. Um, each person has to determine where you are on that. I, I want to feel secure with what I own and every company that I have in my portfolio, with the exception of one, for those of you who are uh, followers of the channel, uh, my investment experience, you know that to this day I own Ballard Power, which is a very speculative investment. Um, and, you know, I've done videos in the past uh, as to uh, why I continue to own it today, but it's so out of character for the types of companies that I do own. Uh, but I want to feel secure that the companies I own are going to weather the exact storms that we're going through today. Where am I on that spectrum? Well, a lot of people will probably be uh, surprised, possibly to learn that Today, or as of four days ago, as of April 30th of 2022, my portfolio is actually 77% in equities. So definitely I'm uh, I'm geared towards the equity investments. I've, I, I fully, um, fully trust that if you have good solid investments in the equity markets, those will provide you with growth and, and it will maintain and conserve your wealth um, as well. There's a debate whether you own ETFs or you own stocks. So if you're owning equities, it could be in the form of a fund or it could be or um, it could be in the form of, of stocks. And I wish the debate would just kind of end because there isn't a right or wrong. It's depending on what's more suitable for you. Personally, the vast majority of what I own, the vast majority are in individual stocks. Now I enjoy managing a portfolio. It's just in my makeup. I've done it for a long time now. I'm not worried about um, you know, like there, there's the concept that if you own individual stocks, somehow they're all going to become worthless. Uh, when, but if you own an ETF, they won't. I, I, I don't ever get that, but that's that's a concept out there. So, uh, but for me, I enjoy owning them and I feel comfortable owning stocks. Now, what I don't want to do, I don't want to own 500 stocks or 800 stocks. And if you own a lot of ETFs or a combination of ETFs, um, that's what you do own. That's fine if that's for you. For me, I today own 30 different companies. And uh, that's a manageable number for me. 
The important thing is they're all blue chip companies with that rare exception, like I said, with, with Ballard Power. And if you, if you have a quick look here over the makeup of my portfolio, um, this is just the, the sectors that I'm invested in as of today. Uh, fixed income makes up 16% of my overall holdings. And then you can kind of have a look for yourself there. Uh, financials, consumer staples. I have over 12% in technology. And that might surprise some people because, you know, we look at the markets today and we tend to think of technology as aggressive. And they are. Um, they can be aggressive. We think of technology as, uh, as speculative or risky. As part of an overall portfolio, in my circumstances, there is a space for that. Uh, we look all the way down to the right of the table. The only sectors that I'm not diversified into right now are materials. Um, and real estate, I do have a couple of ETFs. I have a couple of small ETFs. I have a, a, a ETF that I get more global diversification and one where I have some US diversification. Those are more for as a couple of smaller accounts where it doesn't make sense in those particular accounts to build up a portfolio of individual stocks. So I use ETFs for those purposes. When I look at my line chart, so where I am today, if I look at uh, quite aggressive back in 1982, I look at less aggressive back in 2002. And when I look today, I would put myself right here. And in 2022, um, I still by far uh, am more on the side of risk versus non-risk. There may come a day where everything's shifted or I've shifted to the left of that center line. Uh, I'm not sure if it will or not. Uh, I know I'll always have somebody invested in some of the, my favorite investments, some of the favorite companies that I want to own. This is where we get to the part of you and your chart. And what I'm going to ask you to do is to create an illustration like I've done here that shows your evolution. Again, if you are a longer term investor, how have you evolved? If you're a younger investor, what do you anticipate? And I'm going to ask you to be creative. I used a pretty bare bones um, illustration for this, but be as creative as you want to try and drive home the point of your emotions, your feelings, um, your journey. Uh, once you've done that, email it to stickman at theinvestingacademy.ca. Feel free to check out our Investing Academy webpage. The link will be provided below. And we are going to pick the top three um, entries that are creative and show your journey. And in a future video, I'm going to cover those off. So uh, hope to get your submission. We'll have the, the uh, window of opportunity open for one month from today. So go ahead and do that. And uh, I thank you for watching the video. Look forward to your submissions. And I look forward to seeing you in the next video.